This is Melancholy Geek, Episode 8, Neutrality When the Net Fell. Welcome to Melancholy Geek, where you get the thoughts and opinions of a geek living with depression. My name is Preston, and it's another week of fun, crazy loneliness for me. Uh, It's one of those working days, weeks, where all things are rough and tough and hard to describe, but I get through it because that's what I do. It's, It's hard to describe how the loneliness kind of takes over and you like you get moments of you just like feel like you should be able to do things a little bit better than you do but it's it's all you can do all you can do is be be yourself get out do things when you can which i did now i I did get out a little bit so uh i don't have a lot to talk of on that subject not specific enough to make worthwhile at the moment. So let's talk some stuff. So let's get to get to the first thing I found interesting this week. So references in other other media, TV shows or or whatnot to other sources of Content, TV, movies, comics, whatever, uh, have been around forever. Uh, making references to different things is always fun and seeing it. Well, something like this is a little bit unusual. So there was a fun geek reference, pretty, pretty, very specific geek reference in, uh, in Jeopardy this past week. Now, seeing geeky topics in Jeopardy is not that unusual. Uh, I remember seeing just a full category of things that I knew and, and enjoyed, uh, so that it does happen. But what was specific is how it was laid out. It wasn't a specific category. It was two separate categories. When separate, they, you know, they had their their meanings and their questions or answers, I guess. But when you put them right next to each other like they were, they are a specific reference to one episode of the Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm a big TNG fan. I expect a lot of you are. So this is uh, is a nice little catch by someone. So I read up on it. And what it was... The last two categories of the second round, one was called Shaka, and the other, When the Walls Fell. Well, this is a line spoken a number of times through one specific episode of Star Trek Next Generation from Season 5, called Darmok. Uh, This is... Definitely not your standard episode. Uh, the probably the most standard about it is that they have to negotiate and work with a alien race to, you know, standard negotiation and such, first contact almost. But it starts off with essentially them meeting with this this race, 
and me being a horrible person, I did not actually take down the name of the race because I'm a horrible, horrible person, but a lot of you may not care, so maybe it won't be a big deal. Anyways, so they meet up with the, the Salian group, uh, their ship at a neutral planet, and uh, they try to communicate, and they get nowhere. If you're familiar with Star Trek and The Next Generation and the others, you know that in this particular century from Next Generation, there's there's a universal translator. So most languages get interpreted by a computer and then reprocessed. So you don't, you know, of course this is good for the show, but you know, it's certainly technologically possible for the 24th century. Uh, that being said, however, the translator couldn't make heads or tails of this language because it wasn't what you would standardly speak or what was expected. What we would speak, what they spoke, what a lot of languages in that universe spoke. Uh, they just made a lot of references and words were interpreted so you can understand certain uh, nouns and, and phrases, but they didn't, when put together, they didn't make sense. So in frustration, <laughs> funny enough, the head of the alien race basically took both himself and Captain Picard down to the planet where they uh, had met and the aliens made it impossible for there to be any rescue. So they couldn't penetrate their shields and, and you know, transport Picard back up. So they basically put in a, a situation where they had to work together to understand each other. And it was a very interesting episode. So what it essentially was is both the alien and Picard were sent down to this, this planet and there was a predator of some sort that had very, uh, what's the best way to put it? I guess camouflage, like surface. So they had to work together to survive. Uh, so the alien race basically ended up, after researching a lot of things, speaking in like metaphor, referencing things from their own past and, and occurrences through their own uh, culture. So after a lot of, you know, th throughout the, the episode, you, you kind of learn and Picard starts understanding what all of this stuff meant. So for instance, the, the reference, Shaka, when the walls fell, ended up really meaning failure, so not not successful. So this is this was just a fun reference. Uh, so for instance, some other references, uh, Darmok on the ocean uh, has been interpreted as like loneliness or isolation. Kind of describes my week. Uh, Kyoto, his eyes closed, so not understanding. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, it's cooperation. So they get, they, it's referencing things, it, they're referencing people and places to understand what actually occurred and what, what is there. So and Darmok and Jalad had to cooperate at Tanagra, so they're referencing cooperation. So it's definitely a, a very unusual reference and a very specific one if you weren't a, a big fan of TNG and... And a fan of that episode, you wouldn't have caught it. 
I'm confident I would have if I actually watched Jeopardy. It's not something I, I watch. So it, it was fun. Uh, some other interesting things that I wanted to speak of this week. Um, it, it I usually have this done. I actually managed to get the majority of things I, I end up talking about and deciding about uh, earlier in the week, Wednesday or Thursday before this day, which is Sunday. Uh, was not successful in that this week. It all came down to the last two days. So the next thing I picked to talk about is uh, DNA and the future of what we're a lot of scientists are doing with DNA is not your straightforward decoding it and figuring out what it is and altering it for benefits, uh, which is a lot of people will talk about that, but that's not as interesting to me. But in everything that DNA is reviewed about and discussed about, it, it can easily be considered a type of biological data. What this means, and what scientists are taking from this a lot of the time, is maybe that can be used as a form of storage. So now, today, we think of storage as either being a uh, spinning hard drive, which has been around for years but still has a massive storage capacity, uh, USB drives, which is on like a flash drive, or solid-state drives like uh, SSDs, which are in a lot of our dev devices and computers. Now, these are obviously very, they're, they're just technology. They're forms of storage that have limitations. And they have, are developed and become, uh, they improve over time. Uh, I remember my first hard drive in, in my Windows 95, then 98 computer was two gigabytes, which is laughable now, but that was massive. Uh, so it improves, but so initially it was the spinning drives and then it was uh, flash drives, flash type drives, and, and then SSDs, which are, you know, a form of flash that are much, much faster and have a high density and, and are able to just the read and write makes it so much faster. Uh, I have one in my, my computer now. Uh, but the concept of DNA, being able to use DNA gives the potential of massive storage, massive storage. And uh, it being biology, it could have other limitations, obviously. DNA is biology, so it might be, I don't know, just randomly thinking about this stuff, but uh, viruses could infect it, like actual viruses, the flu. Uh, but... Anyways, I got way off on a tangent what I meant to talk about, but the, the idea is there. They're investigating it. What's fun is uh, just recently scientists have been uh, using the DNA of bacteria, and they have actually managed to use bacteria to replicate an animated GIF. Now, there's something interesting. So they've actually put a GIF, a very basic one, you know, pixelated and whatnot, but still recognizable from what I've seen. Uh, and it's a image of a horse and jockey galloping. Of course, this is new. This, this, like any research, this will take time, but maybe 15, 20 years in the future, uh, a lot of our uh, storage could be 
based off bacteria, which sounds crazy, right? Crazy. Who knows what'll happen with that? Can you imagine though? Can you really honestly imagine how the people, it won't be, <laughs> it won't be uh, magnets you'll, you'll have to worry about. It'd be just like uh, ster sterilization stuff. So it's like, don't have rubbing alcohol near my storage drive. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm being weird, but that's okay. All right, so here's something that I'm going to talk about that I have little to no interest in, but it's such a big story, and I know a lot of geeks are very, very huge fans that I have to talk about it this week. So specifically today, there's an announcement about Doctor Who. And since Doctor Who is a huge hit, amongst geeks, young and old, uh, all it, although it's not something that really interests me, I had to had to bring it up. That was my decision. So if you don't know, uh, Doctor Who is a BBC show, and uh, it's kind of sci-fi fantasy-ish with a lot of fun characters. It's been around for years. Uh, I think it first aired in like the late 60s, early 70s, and then went on and went on, had a little bit of a hiatus, but came on strong in the, I think, early 2000s. It's been going very strong since then. Uh, but one of the core plot points is that the Doctor, the main character, the Time Lord, as it will, regenerates every so often. And what this allows the show to do is get a new person, a new actor, playing the role of the Doctor. Uh, this has been done 12 times currently. Uh, so what actually happened earlier today is the BBC showed off uh, a small teaser or trailer of sorts showing who the new Doctor will be. So the 13th Doctor. And it is an actress named Jodie Whittaker. Key word there, of course, is actress, as this is the first time a woman has actually played the role it's big news. It's huge news for this this type of this series. Because from what I've seen, it's quite often been the Doctor is a male role, so a male character, and the side character or colleague would always be a female. So, quite an interesting thing. It's huge. Um, the internet seems to be pretty pretty up in arms on it, though, because well, the internet is up in arms about everything. Uh, there are a lot of people expressing their joy and uh, support. And of course, there are a lot of people expressing their distaste for this. Uh, I read a tweet from a, unless Wendy is guy's name in this situation, uh, but this, uh, this Wendy was actually very unhappy with this choice and expressed that she would likely stop watching the show. Don't understand that one, but uh, a lot of geek uh, and sci-fi fantasy uh, fans of of things in general do not like it when you change something that's been core or consistent throughout throughout the the whole story or the since it's been in place. So. That, that's something that happens even though change can be really good for things like this. 
Right. So, you know, flipping it on its ears, uh, making this character a female is, is a great thing. Another, another good reference of that, I believe, is uh, the, the U.S. TV show called Elementary, which is Sherlock Holmes uh, in modern New York, uh, which actually has Dr. Watson played by Lucy Liu. So uh, Jane Watson instead of John Watson, which I like a lot because sometimes you got to play with the core, core material to make things interesting. So I was very happy with this, uh, hearing this today. I, I had a small expectation that it might be that they would make the doctor female. Uh, but, you know, like I said, where I, I wasn't really reading it, paying attention to it, I didn't, you know, I wasn't sure. Now, it's not something uh, I'm going to talk about often because, I don't know, I don't feel like it's appropriate place for this. Uh, all the time, but this is one of the exceptions going to make. So, uh, regretfully, someone of very well, uh, well known, uh, uh, has passed away, and because it's this person had such a huge cult following for his work, uh, I decided that uh, I would bring it up, and regretfully, it is uh, George Romero. Uh, he passed away earlier today at the age of 77. Uh, he is was a director and uh, writer of mostly horror-based uh, genre from what I've been reading. That's where I know him from. Uh, I personally consider him one of the, if not the father of the modern day zombie movie. And he had a huge cult following. Uh, so I, I feel his loss. Um, maybe not as big as some others, but he will definitely be missed. Uh, and uh, it is good that he was in the world to give us what he's given us because... Uh, his Of the Dead series of movies over the years has been well-loved by many people. So uh, our thoughts are with his family, and uh, I expect over the couple of weeks there could be a lot of rewatching of his movies and anything else he's been involved in. All right, let's get to, get to more of a in-depth thing for today. So... Uh, I really had a tough time this week thinking of what to talk about, and I came back to something that I heard more about this week, um, a topic that I've, you know, I've been keeping an eye on for some time since I first heard it's uh, the term's inception, and that's something called a uh, net neutrality. So what is net neutrality? Net neutrality is, uh, I have a definition of the principle that internet service providers should enable access to all content and applications, regardless of the source, and without favoring and blocking particular products or websites. So it's a very basic definition. Uh, but in essence, it's, it's basically saying the internet sh is the internet. If you're not breaking the law, you should be able to do 
whatever you like. You're not hurting anyone. View whatever you want to view. And I have to agree with that, right? That's just, it's, it's, it's something that is huge. It's, it's a concept that really you can think about no matter what, since the internet's been around, especially when high-speed internet's been around. And there, the, the problem is, is the, a lot of the ISPs are trying to take advantage of the power a lot of them have, sometimes even a monopoly that they have, to say that, oh, we're going to give you access to this much bandwidth, but you can only download this because it will hurt us. Well, uh, uh, no, it's not the way it works. Because, sure, you give us access to the internet and basically provide us with a highway where so much data can be transferred at any time. But it's not affecting you if I, uh, you know, in affecting you at all, if I max out my traffic all the time. If that's an issue, you say that you don't you don't say that, oh, now you're we're gonna charge you more because you went over a certain bandwidth. No. You charge a reasonable price for the bandwidth you provide and don't worry about how much I use. It's as simple as that. And in the end it'll all work out. That's the general idea. So that's that's the thing. Now, it's a little more complicated, of course, but uh, since it's a big story, uh, I wanted to bring it up. It was a last-minute decision, but hey. So one of the biggest uh, first reported violations of this is uh, back in uh, the mid-2000s. Comcast was, and I don't know if this has got 100% proven, but I'm confident about it from everything that I've read and seen and heard from people using that service because I don't have Comcast in Canada, so I can't comment on that, uh, was throttling BitTorrent traffic. So just uh, let me go into detail. So throttling, it basically says that, okay, so you have so much bandwidth. Uh, they were using particular services and scanning systems, if you, if you will, to detect when BitTorrent traffic was coming through to a customer and not allowing it to use the full bandwidth of their service. Horrible. Now, I, I definitely understand the concept of BitTorrent being used for illegal activity, and maybe that should be restricted in that sense. However, it's quite often used for legal services. So you really, if there's a chance that it's a legal service, you really can't block it, right? You can't justify doing that. And you definitely can't justify it. If you're paying for a certain bandwidth, you can't justify limiting it because you want to, you know, it's affecting your, your capacity because it's not, you know, if you've done the proper research, you know what your capacity is, then you should work to make sure that whatever somebody pays for they get whatever the source can provide through your network. 
So if the source can max out the connection you provided to that customer, they should be able to, no matter what it is. Again, as long as it's not illegal, and you wanna, if you have a system in fact to detect that and block it, okay, that's different. But don't just say, okay, this type of traffic needs to be reduced. Uh, so another big uh, part of the story is uh, in the US, because a lot of this is US based because that's where a lot of the tech news comes from, but every country has their own set of issues. Uh, in 2015, uh, the FCC set a group of open internet rules that were hugely popular and believed to be in favor of net neutrality. Uh, the specific changes though, like basically uh, this was a set of rules that governed and labeled ISPs a certain way that made it more difficult, I don't know if impossible, more difficult for, for this type of activity to occur. So to say that this type of traffic can be hung or that certain providers of service through the internet uh, had to pay to allow the customers to get it. Crazy thoughts. Uh, so the big, the reason why this is a big story recently is in the last couple months, the current governing parties, uh, because they just had a new president and switch parties. Uh, what happens with this is the FCC switches out quite often, and that happened. They're reviewing these open internet rules and are expected to remove them. This is very much something that the a lot of tech-savvy people and a lot of internet providers uh, not internet service providers, but I mean like people like Google, Microsoft, Yahoo. Well, maybe not Yahoo. They're actually owned by an internet service provider. Uh, but a lot of websites, a lot of services on the internet are against. So uh, the basic information that I could find to, to explain this is there are two labels that are uh, governed as part of a a legislation that uh, that really goes over this and that's common carrier and information service so a common carrier is essentially a utility that would have to provide the same services to all without discrimination and an internet information provider is just that a service that provides information and nothing more so the big problem comes down to is that Really, if you think about it, the internet and this, this situation, you can classify the, the internet as either of these. But the problem is, is when you go deeper into what each of these is, there are too many things where they, are, they're, they don't make. So this is where it gets comps. So if my research is right and I'm not losing my mind, which is certainly possible, they're currently considered common carriers with certain parts of being a common carrier removed because it just didn't fit. Uh, but this is still problematic. So this this is what's going to be removed and then they're going to switch and have, once they switch, they will have less restriction, which will mean they will be able to go ahead and say, okay, well, Netflix, you want to get through to our customers, you have to pay us. And that's not, nobody wants that because then Netflix will have to charge more to the customers and it just, it's, 
and the customers are already paying for the service. They're paying for Netflix and they're also paying for the access to the internet. So this shouldn't be the way it is. Uh, so what what would be ideal from what I've from what I've read and many believe uh, would be that the U.S. finds a common thing. So a take the parts of common carrier, take the parts of information service, take the parts of those two things that fit to the internet and make a new classification and put it into place with the appropriate rules. I think. It's certainly a good idea. So this 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 is something that um, this week was spoke to on the Daily Tech News shows, one of my four or five podcasts that I watch. Uh, the Daily Tech News show is uh, hosted by Tom Merritt, and he's uh, he's the main host with a number of hosts each week. Uh, Tom basically put this into my head, and I've seen it throughout uh, other shows and other blog posts and what's that I've read about the issue. Uh, so he seems to have a good classification of what should happen, but he, he definitely knows that neither of the current classifications actually fit, but he's also understands that trying to make a new classification that will fit will take a whole lot of time because government moves when it comes to this type of stuff very slowly. Uh, the other big problem that I think everyone knows, but not as many people talk about, is this is something that is being reviewed and governed and legislated and putting laws in place in every country. And every country looks at things differently and regretfully, that means that there will be different rules in every country, as there are for a lot of things on the internet now, which which is is detrimental overall because this now means that it's pushing back the thought that the internet's going to bring the world together and reinforces segregation from one country and one culture to the next when that we shouldn't be doing that we should be becoming a race of people just people sure keep your culture culture is great because you grow up in a certain way and you have certain beliefs personally you know i'm getting more philosophical and maybe political now but in the end internet should be available to everybody uh, in some form. It should be basically the same as, uh, you know, a, a utility, water, power, uh, a place to, you know, a place to live. You know, your your necessity is for life because that's what it's part of life now. Um, and having a world where we can somehow unite to have all of our cultures separate maybe because that's just who you are so that's fine and just have a group have something that's consistent across the board saying okay everybody should have access to the internet everyone's access should be uh, fairly priced for what access they have 
And after that, if it's not against the law, then that's it. It shouldn't be regulated. It should just come. So that that's just, you know, that's my thought on the process. Uh, so I was actually worried that I wouldn't get to my standard 30-minute mark, uh, which I certainly have. Uh, so that's that's fun and exciting. So um, tell me what you think. Uh, I always, of course, want your thoughts and opinions. Uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter uh, a little bit at uh, melancholy underscore geek. Uh, feel free to get uh, to my Facebook page uh, with, directly from melancholygeek at uh, melancholygeek.com. And... Uh, let me know. Uh, tell me what you think. Tell me what you know. Tell me what your thoughts are, your opinions. Uh, why do you think this is good? Why do you think it's bad? Uh, what should we do about it? What should we do about it be as geeks? Uh, still would love to hear from people on what they would like me to talk about. Mm, partially because it's been tough for me to figure out things to talk about but still uh, I'd like to hear from you uh, I'm out there for this right this is not just for me this is for the world uh, this is for the world of geek uh, so I want to hear from you let me know uh, get to me uh, until I have another email set up of course you can also email me at mail at prestonmarsh.com and again the website is melancholygeek.com Alright, that's all for me tonight. And uh, there you go. So everybody have a good night, good day, good evening, good whatever you have at this time as I am sure you're not listening to this live, so although, who knows, that may happen. Alright. Thank you.